This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, high atop the office complex in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida. Also with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, engineer Carly Seelman. And with us today, our two experts on kids' ministry and families, Pastor George Eschanel, Pastor Zach, and we are talking about kids' ministry in the apocalypse. I guess it's not over because it seems like there's a... I thought it was almost over. Now it seems like it's back. I don't know. Leslie, I know. What are we, doing? we don't know what state you're in in your particular location. So we can only talk from our current context. So yes, we have been in the midst of what we call the Corona apocalypse, and we've been shut down, and now we've been reopened in person for about two months. So we've regathered, and so we're excited to talk about what's happening in kids ministry with two of the best in the biz. No George doubt about and it, Zach. And this isn't the first time we've talked to George and Zach because we did another episode on kids ministry and during Corona. Mm -hmm. But this is really kind of something because since then we've learned a lot and we've had some great experiences. Our families and kids have had some great experiences. And really, George and Zach, your teams have experimented a lot, tried a lot of things, stopped doing things, started doing some. That's what we want to talk about is like, what are we learning in the middle of all this, and especially as we've reopened. And we're trying to do a couple of things simultaneously. We're trying to have a strong online presence for worship at home. And we're trying to also have exciting live experiences for kids, even though after COVID, you know, our attendance is different. Our volunteer strategy is different. A lot of things are different, Leslie. Yeah, that's for sure. So before we delve into some of that, we did want to take a moment and just look back and see, you know, what are some of the things that you all saw God do during this season? Because we knew he was at work, you were at work. So let's talk a little bit about how you saw God work through the pandemic through COVID-19. Well, Leslie, I tell you, one of the things that we've been able to talk a lot about and think that has just been incredible is just the spiritual steps that kids have taken as a result of worshiping at home and watching their parents worship, take the Lord's Supper. And so it's allowed parents to engage in a spiritual conversation in regards to how they get to take the Lord's Supper and maybe their child doesn't get to take the Lord's Supper. And how does that all happen? And why do you get to do that? And so that is something that's really made an impact in our ministry, even through our new believers class and kids being baptized. And I know that Pastor Zach, he's even got some stories, some specific stories and things that have you know, taking place at his campus that have really helped families and their children be on the same page in regards to, you know, spiritual things. Yeah, we had a little girl, Kate McPherson, who through conversations through um, the Lord's Supper and seeing other people being baptized every week, she decided, hey, she'd been asking her parents about it for some time, but really was starting to understand it. And so she uh, went through our virtual New Believers class and then was baptized in her backyard in her pool, which was really cool. But from that, we had several kids that then heard about that, saw that on church at home, saw her in the New Believers class with her. And we've had several more kids that have you know, decided to either put their faith in Christ, they've had those tough gospel conversations with their parents and really are now signing up now for 
our New Believers class. I really feel cool. like we celebrated one just this past Sunday. Georgia Ely, wasn't yeah. that part of her story? She, she was, talked about yeah. how she she'd seen Kate. the yep. kids get baptized, family church at home, had that conversation with her parents. Yes. I mean, there is nothing sweeter than watching a dad baptize his little girl. I mean, you were there, Zach, but she came out, out of that water. She turned and looked at her daddy and he gave her a big old kiss Kissed and a right hug. On the lips. Right and on. I was I like, it was like, I mean, talk about all the feels. It's just so incredible. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was really cool to see that. It has been. It really has. And so that's something that, you know, we typically didn't always do that. You know, we've started to take the Lord's Supper and do that on a weekly basis. And I just think it's been it's just been awesome to be able to see families engage in that. And so with that, you know, we were able to celebrate during the pandemic our parent-child dedication class. We were able to do that virtually, but we were also able to celebrate that, you know, online and allow other families to see people, you know, dedicating their children before the Lord and before their church family. And I think that that has really made an impact on some of those with young babies or a first child that they may have. And so it's been really good. Yeah, so I think that, you know, as we've been able to come out of that time when we weren't meeting in person, would you say there's some lessons that you're carrying forward or some things you're doing that you're going to carry forward as we are now in person? Because we did learn a lot. We we talked about it in episode, I think, 1,012 or 1012, however you want to say it, about some of the things we were doing online, some of the ways we were connecting virtually. Super, super proud of how you all switched to, you know, from in person to online with so many of our milestones, like you talked about, George. So, so, but you probably learned a lot of things. Are you bringing some of that into what we're doing now or you leaving that all in the past? Oh, no. Zach, you want to share some of the things <laughs> that we've learned? Oh, yeah. Well, we all went overnight to be producers and screenwriters <laughs> and all sorts of fun stuff, camera operators. So multimedia has really been a big thing that we've learned and learned how to use better than we were before and more than we were before. One of the biggest ways we've been seeing using it now that we learned through all this was in training our volunteers. And so we've got new policies, new procedures, all the way from check-in to what happens in the room to check out just everything. So we've been able to take what we've learned through producing our Treehouse Online content and our Heartland content and use that to help with even some behind the scenes multimedia training for our teams where it's hard to kind of gather a large group of volunteers and where just so many things have changed that there's new stuff that we need to get out quickly as we're trying to because everyone is changing so quick. So Yeah, you know, another thing that you mentioned, George, is talking about baptism. So one thing that we learned, Leslie, is we have started showing, you know, normally we have all these, you know, 12, 13 campuses, whatever, multiple languages, multiple locations. We have all these people getting baptized. They're getting baptized in the ocean. They're getting baptized at church. They're getting baptized after church all these different times. And you wouldn't necessarily know. Like, I'm the lead pastor of this whole thing, but like, I don't know everybody that gets baptized because you're getting baptized all the time. And so we've started videoing and showing at all of our campuses every baptism, which has been a little bit of an undertaking, but what a tremendous encouragement. I think I just had breakfast this morning with a couple that's been in our church for, I don't know, seven or eight years. And they said, man, we just had no idea the number of people that get baptized at family church because all we would ever see is the people that were baptized in the one service that we attend at one campus. And now we're seeing them all and they were just gushing about it. And we've seen, especially in your area, kids literally get baptized because they saw mm-hmm. other kids getting baptized. That's exactly And right. it helped their parents have gospel conversations. And then George, same for the Lord's Supper. You know, during the Corona podcast, when we started, we weren't sure we were even going to do the Lord's Supper, because we weren't even sure if it was really appropriate to do virtually. We did 
elect to go forward with that. But I'm so glad that we did because it has created so many family conversations to the point that now that we're regathering in person, we've actually said, you know what? That was so powerful because I think it's doing exactly what the Bible says the Lord's Supper is designed to do. That is so powerful. So we've actually ramped up, as you said, George, and doing it every week. And even that has resulted in even more families saying, wow, we need to get baptized or we need to take the next step for Christ or, you know, more conversation with kids. So to me, those things are just phenomenal. They really are. Even when we do our new believers class, we've got one of our sections that we do is to talk about the two ordinances, the the two commands. We do the Lord's Supper and we do baptism. And man, it's just awesome to be able to talk parents through that and then allow them to experience it together. Their kids can go and sit in the service and take the Lord's Supper with their parents. And so it really is. Well, I love that when parents, it's, you know, because we're not even close to being Catholic, but uh, I love when parents say, you know, my daughter's going to take her first communion today. (laughs) (laughs) And they, people tell, you know, they come up and tell me like, this is so exciting because today or after church, the kid will come up and so tell Pastor Jimmy what you did. Well, this is my first communion because I, oh, really? Yeah, because I got baptized and I took the new believers class and it just makes another landmark, another milestone, another you know, just the theme for families to celebrate and talk about and focus on Christ. That's so true. And that, and like to Zach's point, I mean, we now have multiple ways to deliver this material to people. So whereas before we didn't, you know, we just were dependent on meeting in person and having the classes and talking to things. And now we're able to deliver that in person as well as online. And I think you all have been some of the most innovative on our team in making that happen because, you know, you've done it yourself. So the thing that Zach was referencing, how you put out some training online. Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what does it take for you to put together a training for your new volunteers and put it out to them online? Like, be specific. So, yeah. So, normally we would have before the corona apocalypse, we would have, you know, a big meeting. Everyone would come in and you'd kind of be training everybody on everything. And so now it's been really neat that we can film shorter segments that are more digestible on people's schedules and things like that and can be even targeted. So we use Caring Well for a lot of our our safety things, but with Ministry Grid, we can actually send them not just the broad Caring Well videos that are for everybody in Kids Ministry to keep everything safe. We also can then say, all right, you're going to be hosting our treehouse. So here's a video for the accountability to make sure that they're actually watching it. We can see that they've watched it and it allows them to be able to do that even on their time frame, where they might not be able to with family schedules, work schedules, things like that, come into a during the week training. They can now watch that at their leisure when they can, which has really helped us with getting all of our leaders on the same page. That's good. So you referenced the treehouse. Again, we talked about the treehouse. The treehouse is our kids program or kids worship that we're putting. Um, it's tied to our family church at home. But now that we're gathering in person, what are we doing with the treehouse? Well, what we've done is, you know, we film the treehouse each and every week. And that really is a big deal. And what Zach was just talking about, how do we train these individuals who now live in person have to host? Because what the pandemic has done is it's taken us from a big room experience into small room experience because we're not all, we're not gathering all the kids. We're not gathering hundreds of kids in a room and having them sing. And (laughs) yeah, we're not. And so now what we've done is taken the resources of the cameras, the video, the type of things that we can do to train those individuals who in a classroom now are being trained 
to be able to lead a kids worship experience as a host and interacting with the multimedia aspect that is what we're producing each week. And so it's been really neat because what I see and what I envision is what the future will look like as a result of this. We are training leaders that we would normally not, you know, would not be doing this. They may be in a classroom setting, just caring for some kids, overseeing the kids, maybe doing a lesson. Well, now what they're doing is they're learning how to lead a kid's worship, how to interact with the teaching, how to interact with the music, how to interact with the puppets. And so it's been really a tremendous blessing that way. All right. So I want to drill down just for a second, because a lot of our listeners are probably hearing this and going, oh, wow. So you have puppets, you got camera crews, (laughs) you got, you know, oh, wow. So I guess you guys have a training. Way to go, guys. But talk about it. I mean, what could a church do that just has one person that works in children's ministry or like a even even a volunteer that works in children's ministry, is there anything that they could learn or tools that you are using that someone could use without a media or a production team? Sure. Zach, you want to talk about that? We've done that. Yeah. So even some of our smaller campuses, while they're benefiting from some of the things we're able to produce, but uh, on a replicable scale is just being able to take that big thing and how to make that smaller. And so from having, maybe you don't have a full team of puppeteers and camera crews and all that. I mean, when we started with even our Heartland preschool program, it was a a cell phone in the classroom with Farmer Joey and one person (laughs) standing there, you know, so it started off very small. Now we've been able to scalp a little bit and use some resources. But somebody with a little tripod and an iPhone could do something. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's actually pre COVID we were doing, we were just starting to try to figure out how do we do this multimedia stuff. And that's what we would do. We'd, We'd go into a back room and, cell phone and tripod and little $10 lapel mic and see what we could do. And so we started doing that beforehand. This has allowed us to put a little more energy behind it, but something as simple as that, what an impact that was already starting to have. Yeah. And so you were already, so the tree houses, again, our kids worship programming and what you, we were doing that, like they would meet in a smaller group of kids and then they would come together for a kids worship environment. So now what you're saying is rather than come together for the kids worship, they stay in their smaller group and you're training them and they watch it on to video. host, you know, That's exactly the right. treehouse program, which by the way, I mean, is on our YouTube. Anybody could really use it. I mean, everything at church for the rest of us is free to use. So if you went to our YouTube channel and you liked our treehouse, you can use that. You can take it and show it to your kids. It's some great lessons that yeah, we you get don't have to there. ask permission. No. You don't have to sign anything. Anything on the Family Church YouTube page that our listeners are, you see it, you want it, you take it, you use it, and use it at, for all we care, put your own graphic on there, whatever. Right. Yes. Well, and I'll tell you what we could do. And if someone's out there and wants to reach out to us, you can contact us. What we're doing is what you watch on YouTube is a final version that goes from beginning to end with a host and the entire experience, right? But we also edit that version so that we can utilize it in the classroom setting without the video of those in the people that we recorded during the week so that a live host can interact with it. So if someone would like to do that, it is a resource that is available. We have both versions, a final cut that includes everything, and then an edited version with scripts for someone at a smaller campus who has maybe just one individual 
that could interact with that script, interact with what we've already filmed and be able to play off of that. It's got a timer. It helps, you know, keep them on but track. But you have Heartland Resources, which is for little kids. That's a video, kind of a kids worship thing with Farmer Joey for preschoolers. And then you have Treehouse Takeover, which is more for elementary age kids. And so I really appreciate those. And you guys do a fantastic job. I think it's really, really excellent. And again, I brag on you guys everywhere that I go. Because I think what you're doing with Treehouse Takeover is as good or better than what I see a lot of places, not only for its quality of production, but just for its biblical sound content and its kid-friendly examples and illustrations. And just the whole thing is so phenomenal. And I love it that you guys write all of that yourselves. So we're not just doing this online, though. We're doing this face-to-face. What kind of challenges are you guys experiencing as you're trying to relaunch face-to-face kids ministry because a lot of people around the country are doing that right now they are zach you want to speak to some of those challenges yeah so some of the things are all the hard questions to zach i know right (laughs) (laughs) no i mean obviously one of the big things it was even a challenge pre-covid but kids ministry is always a challenge in ministry to recruit for because of the level of requirements that we want to have we don't want to just throw sure in terms of training intentionality intentionality, all that stuff so now you add on COVID to all of that. And some of our team members have come back with gusto and other ones are still, you know, staying home right now. And so one of the big challenges has been kind of restructuring a little bit of who's doing what. And so you kind of see, all right, here's who we have that has been able to come back, is comfortable coming back. And kind of what George was talking about is now some of our adult guides who used to just kind of help you know, manage with the kids, help, you know, introduce the lesson to them, bring them into our kids' worship venue, sit with them, and then bring them out and have a little post-discussion. Well, now we're training them to actually be the host of it, and they're the ones actually teaching the lessons. And so that's been a big, not a bad challenge, but it's a challenge of sure, everyone and recruiting. relearning and, and all that. So that's been a main one. But And it has. I mean, there's several things. Obviously, you come back to being live and in person. It requires people. And if you're running kids ministry, you know the difficulty of recruiting leaders, having the right kind of leadership. And so because of COVID, there's a lot of other, you know, guidelines that we're following from, you know, temperature checks to all kinds of things that we're doing that require more people in order for you to run kids ministry. And so those are always challenging as well as training people that maybe are not familiar with certain aspects. And so that all comes into play. But, you know, I think there's just enough of a heart and a desire with our people as they have come back to church that they want to participate and they're willing to help in any way. And so that's what we've been able to do is just take well, these individuals. And remind me of this. We started our adult worship services second week of August. Right. When do we start kids? 13th. Yeah, the second week of Sunday September. After, um, Labor Day. Yeah. So 13th of September. So mm-hmm. we've been at it about, this will be our like our fifth week. Is that right? A little, uh, yeah, I guess. It's not yeah, a little more than that. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. Six, seven, so we've been at five or six, seven weeks, yes. whatever yeah. it is. All right. So at this point, after doing this for over a month, almost two months, what percentage at Family Church downtown of kids do you have compared to what you used to have? We are probably, we're still a little less than 50. We're probably somewhere in that 40. All right. 40, 40. And how about volunteers? Volunteers, 
surprisingly, downtown we have had a good turnout in regards to our volunteers. And so, so like 50% of what you had, 75% of what you had, I, all I, of them. I'd say about 75, 80%. So you have 75 to 80% of your adult volunteers back, but only 50% of your kids. Now Zach, you're going to make Zach mad right now. <laughs> I know, but Zach, I think, has the exact opposite. I have the problem. exact opposite. So what we do you have? have? So we have a little over, or right at 50%. Every week we're kind of like right teetering just over, just under. So we're basically right at 50%. But we're probably of at, your kids attendance? of kids, okay. yeah, kids that have come back for volunteers are probably at like 25, 30 percent of yeah. what we had pre-COVID. Yeah. So. so the only reason I wanted to ask that question is because I want our listeners to hear that when you restart kids ministry, if you haven't already done that, your actual volunteers may lag behind the kids because what's happening right now is we have parents who are kind of okay putting their kids in there so they can get COVID, but they don't want to go down there and get it. <laughs> so, so it is kind of, and, and frankly, at many churches like ours, a good healthy percentage of our volunteers are senior adults and empty nesters who are less comfortable coming because they're in a higher risk category, some of them. And so this is just an awkward time, which is why it's so vital that when you bring them back, I just want to encourage you, don't bring them back and try to do exactly what you were doing before. You need to think about what do we do if we have half the number of kids? How do we distance them appropriately? What are we going to do about masks? What are we going to do about pre-check? What are we going to do about screening? What are we going to do about checking kids in? Because you don't want everybody touching the same keyboard right now, probably. What are we going to do about all of these things? And then how can we, like, I love what you guys have done very creative because you figured out early on. We're just not going to have the volunteer teams, nor are parents going to be comfortable herding kids into large packed rooms of other kids. We're going to have to have smaller distance groups. So we've got to do it by video. So all of us are life church now. So we're just, we're doing kids <laughs> curriculum by video and that's okay. You can't do what you were doing. This is different. You say, well, how long is this all going to last? Hey, some of you might be living like somewhere where it's over, like I was on some guys in Oklahoma the other day, and they were like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not doing anything about COVID. I was on some guys in Panama City. They said, uh, nobody wears masks. Well, where we are, everybody wears masks. Everybody's very concerned about COVID. And if that's where you live, you just are going to have to think differently. Hey, listen, Zach and George, if there's one thing, one piece of advice you would give to children's ministry people as they reopen their churches, what is it? Start with you, Zach. I would say just expect the unexpected but be excited about it. It's been really cool to see. Enthusiasm is free. That's right. (laughs) I love that. All right, how about you, George? I would just encourage individuals to not get hung up on what the pandemic has done to their ministry and the way that it looks today. They need to be forward thinking. They need to be thinking about what the future looks like and take the things that you're learning from the pandemic and the way that you've had to change and think, how can I utilize this and change the way that we do ministry in the future? Because I don't think that we'll ever do it the same way again. How about you, Leslie? Closing words. Well, I do want to say thank you to these two for the ways that they have done that, because I've seen how you've taken what you, you know, really we were forced into to have church when we were shut down. You were innovative. You were creative. You were energetic and enthusiastic. You put together a super quality product, not just the, you know, video at home, but all the resources that go with it, our toolkit, which is also on our website to help families you know, train up and shepherd their kids. And now you're taking the best of that and you're figuring out how you can still do it in person um, with people in the room. So I just would say if there's anybody listening who's not sure what to do, you should reach out to Zach and George with for a conversation because they can help you figure it out. 
Yeah, you can always reach out to us, Church for the Rest of Us. We'd love to hear from you. Go on our website, familychurchnetwork.com, or email us, call us, text us, reach out to us on social media. We always want to connect with you and be a blessing and a help to you. One of the ways we're going to do that is on February the 4th, 2021, we have Church for the Rest of Us Conference used to be called the Sharper Conference. We've rebranded it, re-engineered it, Church for the Rest of Us. Some of you haven't been to a conference in over a year because of COVID. It's time to get back in the game. Come to South Florida where it's warm here, where it's cold, wherever you are. Come on, churchfortherestofus.com. Get all the information. We'd love for you to sign up. It is an in-person conference. We want you to come and be with us. Get face-to-face with us. It's a small conference. You'll get to talk to everybody there. You'll get to meet our team. We'd love to spend the time with you. There's no green room. There's no VIP section. You come and be a part of Church for the Rest of Us because we're all on the same page. We're all on the same level. And if you're like, I can't come because I might. Listen, we will have a virtual option, but the virtual option is going to be lame compared to being here in person. <laughs> That's right. You should come in person. Be a part of it. We want to meet you. We want to hear from you. But if you can't. Virtual still going to be awesome, even though it's kind of lame compared to being in person. Still awesome. <laughs> Love for you to come be a part of it. We're so glad to hear from you. We're so glad that you share this time with us. This is Jimmy Scroggins. This is Leslie, Carly, Zach, and George signing off. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.